and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and my good friend, South Stan Chum, the bearded legend, the daddy-o, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Firstly, we'd like to take this opportunity to wish you all a very happy new year, wherever in the world you celebrated and whatever you did, we hope that you had a good time. Welcome to episode number 165, our very first of 2019. Obviously, it won't surprise you to know we're recording on January the 1st. We hope you had a great Christmas, and as I say, whatever and wherever you did it, uh, we hope it was a good time uh, for you as well. We've got rather a large episode uh, for you this week. Uh, Episode 164, you may recall, was just recorded after the Beaconsfield game, and that was mid-December. So this week, we've got four games that we're going to briefly review. We've got lots of news to catch up from around the club, there's a lot of birthdays in December as well, um, and lots of fan views, quite a lot of fan views, we've got transfer room at all, we've got an exclusive from uh, Chairman Nigel Travis, um, so I think without further ado, we'd better crack on and otherwise we'll be here till tomorrow. Yeah, let's do this then, so as always we'll start with our friends over at the Supporters Club, and we have one new trip to tell you about as the O's visit Barrow on Saturday the 2nd of February, with fares for this one coming in at £36 for adults and £33 for concessions, with kids aged 15 or under able to go for half price. And don't forget, there's a £3 surcharge for non-members, and you can book for this one in the Supporters Club on a match day or by calling the travel line on 077 And additionally, if you want to go to Wrexham on Saturday, the 12th of January, for the FA Trophy game, Call the travel line, leave your details, and if there is enough interest to book a coach, the supporters club will let you know on Saturday, the 5th of January. So if you're thinking about it, let them know, and they'll get in contact. And if there can be a coach, there will be, and they'll get you down there. Cool. So moving on then to the Leighton Orient Trust, we've got an update in from them. On Wednesday, the 19th of December, Joby McEnough and Josh Coulson along with mascot Theo, popped into the Acorn Ward at Whips Cross Hospital to see and cheer up the children. Unfortunate, unfortunate enough to have to be there at this festive time. They handed out gifts and posters and lots of smiles all round. Yeah, nice touch. Very there. nice. Inspired. You see that on lots of club tweet, uh, Twitter feeds about how they go to the hospital. I think it's a really nice touch. Wicked. And then mm. on Saturday, the 22nd of December, Josh Caroma was named the Supporters Club Player of the Month for November. Well done to Josh, been absolutely smashing it lately and we uh, have a lot more to talk about with Josh uh, in the upcoming episode. We absolutely do. Local food bank charity Eat or Heat were guests of the club and collected vital funds to help their cause at the game against Chesterfield, also also utilising the Fans for Diversity Hub. And in today, January the 1st, in collaboration with Anwar Udin of Fans for Diversity and Dad Rahman, Local charity leader, the club hosted 25 local homeless guests and served lunch in the FFD hub before inviting them to watch the game against Dagenham Redbridge along with children from poor families who were flag bearers for the day. So some great work over the Christmas period uh, and New Year period uh, from the Trust and great work there from Neil, Howard, Louise, everyone who are carrying on their sterling work from 2018 into the current year. No problem with that. Lovely. Thank you very much. It's good to see that the charity work doesn't stop even over the festive yeah. period. So the week that was then starting from Monday the 17th of December. Happy 22nd birthday to Orient right back Sam Ling. Yeah, and later in the day at 12.45, the draw for the second round of the FA Trophy took place and the O's were drawn away to Wrexham with the tie to be played on Saturday the 12th of January for me difficult tie you know but if we're going to win the FA Trophy we have to face some of the bigger teams at some point in the competition so let's lock lock let's knock them out early and get cracking yeah. on yeah 
I think for me, arguably probably the worst tie for us actually, because those sorts of games you want towards the end rather than at the beginning. Because if it's a banana skin, you're out early doors. Um, but as you say, if you're going to win the cup, um, at least you can say that you didn't get an easy ride yeah. to doing it. So it's, it's one of those. But yeah, arguably with all the other teams in in that tie, that's we've, we've probably got a bit of a bundle out of this. Depends. And smaller clubs will probably agree because they'd probably say like a payday at Wrexham and a payday at Orient. Yeah. You've kind of knocked that. So two clubs won't be getting a bit of a payday. I'm not talking about millions of pounds here, but... I know we played a squad team against Beaconsfield. I don't know if Wrexham played their first team in their match or if they used it as a match to get their squad out so it's yeah, interesting to see what Justin goes for in that one and talking to Justin on Tuesday, Tuesday the 18th of December he celebrated his 49th birthday so Justin we hope you had a very happy 49th birthday and this year your big 5 hour approaches we're all looking very forward to that hopefully celebrating that with a promotion party yeah that would be absolutely amazing on him um, Wednesday the 19th of December then nothing uh, to report on that very quiet day and then on Thursday the 20th of December the long awaited third episode of the Late Orient documentary Love of the Game from Dream Team titled How to Own It was released which focused on the owners of the club and focused in particular on Kent uh, and Nigel uh, if you've not watched it, um, once you finish listening to this podcast, obviously, make sure you go on to, to their YouTube channel and, and have a look at that. It's it's insightful, it's interesting, and it's very well put together. And there's two very handsome special speakers. Oh, yeah, cameos. Well. Hello. <laughs> but no, and honestly, a great watch, great insight, especially into Kent's home life and his private life. So well done to everyone involved with that one. Then Mooney Friday, the 21st of December. It was another quiet day at the club as we were all starting to get excited about the upcoming visit of Martin Allen's Chesterfield team. So Saturday, the 22nd of December, the first of four games to talk about. Chesterfield visited the Bray Group Stadium and the team was announced with Dean Brewer and goal. Back four of Ling, Coulson, Ek, Pateta and Wadowson. Midfield of Brophy, Lee, Clay McEnough with Bon and Karoma up front and subs, Sergeant Happy, Gorman, Allaby and Matt Harold. Yeah, so Charlie Lee returned to the starting lineup after a seven-week uh, absence. What are your thoughts on, on that lineup? At the time, because it was a long time ago now. I was yeah. delighted to see good Charlie. Good job you're making notes as you're going on, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, good that we're well organised. I was yeah. delighted to see Charlie Lee back uh, and the rest of the squad picks itself. And at the time, both George Alicobi and Alex Lawless couldn't even get into the squad so we talk about strength and depth quite a lot and that just shows you two very experienced players at national league level couldn't even get onto the subs bench so great headache there for Justin yeah Smith. absolutely um, I agree it's good to see Charlie Lee back unusual that he can walk straight back into the side over Gorman who yeah, dropped to point. the bench because previously players had had to fight their way back in uh, usually the returning player would have to wait their turn but does that mean Justin's not been happy with Dow's performances of late? Yeah, possibly. Um, begs the question, um, or he would probably argue that he's putting out the team that will go out and win that game. So Probably more to talk about Dale Gorman a bit later on in the podcast following yes. today's game. So the match kicked off with the O's looking to extend the lead at the top of the National League and with Chesterfield looking for their third win on the spinners. They picked up quite a bit of form uh, coming into this match. And the O's started brightly and took the lead in the ninth minute. Josh Kramer picked up the ball from around 35 yards out all by himself, he ran at Chesterfield defence, twisted and turned past Hayden Hollis and somehow got a second or two, found room for a shot just inside the Chesterfield area, drilled the ball into the back of the net at the keeper's near post and we were 1-0 up. Fantastic start for us, great goal from Josh, all his own making. That again was another solo effort from Josh, who's having a phenomenal season. He really is, yeah. For me, awesome goal. Really shows um, what variations he's got in the locker. 
and for and for us, you know, obviously a really exciting player. That once upon a time, I know we probably keep harping on about this. It was nearly probably walking out the door because yeah. of his whatever he had going on. Um, but those that put an arm around him at the club and and showed him the right way, you know, look at look at what's happening now. Yeah, brilliant. So perfect start there for the O's, and we've broken Chesterfield's defence early in the twelfth minute. Craig Clay took one for the team and picked up a yellow card as Chesterfield were breaking away with a counter attack. Yeah, the next 20 minutes is an intriguing match developing as Orient are playing well, but Chesterfield are starting to look a bit more dangerous and are coming back into it, particularly Tom Denton looking sharp for the visitors, but he's being double teamed as Marvin and Charlie Lee have obviously been told to double up on him. Yeah, but Dangerous player. Well, he caused us a lot of problems last year, and he? he was at um, Halifax. Halifax and scored against us in both games. Yeah. And I remember, especially at home. Last season, he absolutely ran us right. He did. He did. Big. Him and Matty Casillo. Big lad. Too. Yeah. Big lad. And in yeah. the 35th minute, it was coming as Chesterfield equalised as uh, Alex Gwamia picked the ball up, got it wide to Shaw, uh, and then Alex Gwamia carried on his run into the box, met uh, Shaw's dipping cross, and his header kind of spun and dipped in uh, just underneath the crossbar into the net, leaving Dean Bill stranded, and suddenly it was one all. And game on. Yeah, poor goal to give away, like that close and not really be put under too much pressure. Um, I've, I've seen it obviously a couple of times but because uh, I wasn't there, but yeah, it looked like he wasn't really pressured that much. It was a bit of an easier header. Good run, clever player. I think I know of him from, um, he was at Doncaster, or I think he's at Doncaster and I think he scored against us about two years ago when he was with Crew. Right. Good young player, good run. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes can't, happens, can't keep yeah. them all out. Yeah, and in the next ten minutes, saw both teams trying to take the lead before half time, but with no real chances to talk about as two added minutes are played and the half time whistle goes with the scores tied at one all. Yeah, good half time tweet from uh, our friend George Sessions who said a good start for Orion, but the Spyrites have come back into it. As I usually say, Karoma is the key. Get him on the ball and the O's will score more. Yeah, and Kid Sampson O tweeted us at half time and says we tied them to shreds for fifteen minutes and then just stopped playing. Baffling. Brophy's been dangerous every time he gets the ball, but has drifted too far inside after we scored. We need to up the tempo and keep the ball on the floor against this team of circus sideshows. Attendance <laughs> uh, for this match was 4,755, with 255 uh, in the away end. So, second half kicked off, no changes for us? Yeah, 54th minute, we should have really taken the lead. should have been 2-1 as Joby McEnough, who was having more and more influence as the game was going on, done brilliantly on the left-hand side, chipped the superb ball into the oncoming Sam Ling, who literally had the goal at his mercy. To be fair, Sam made a great run, but his header was well wide at the goal, and I think he would have been disappointed without a good chance there to go 2-1 up. Mm. 55 minutes on the clock now, and we're starting to carve Chesterfield open as Joe Willison's ball over the top sends Macaulay Bond through, but his shot is saved by Burton, and Josh Caroma followed up, but Hollis blocked the shot on the line with what looked like his thigh. Yeah. Yeah, and then again, it was going from end to end. In the 57th minute, it was Chesterfield who almost took the lead as uh, Beastlin's corner was headed goalwards by Denton. Brill kind of batted it down on the line and had scooped it up. Chesterfield claimed the board had gone uh, over the line, but the referee Quelch waved play on. But a bit of a fortunate let-off there. Yeah, fast forward to the 62nd minute now. It's the O's who take the lead as Joby McEnough did superbly well to beat his man. He drove into the box and drilled a cross in. Uh, Big Marvin was there. Uh, Big Marvek Pateta uh, for close range smash into the net and Brisbane Road went absolutely mental as Leighton Orient took the lead 2-1 yeah, superb work from Joby there yeah. made the goal Marvin to be fair gets himself into a great position just smacks it in but yeah. all the hard work there done by Joby 
uh, who was having a sensational game. Yeah, composure by Marvin not to flap and to, to absolutely bury that. Yeah, cue mad celebrations in the south stand and yeah. on the pitch as well, which was great to see. And in the 70th minute, Josh Karoma tries to catch out the Chesterfield keeper, Burton, again at his near post, but this time Burton got down and saved very well. Uh, Tom Denton came off for Chesterfield in the 76th minute. Yeah, I mean, we don't normally talk about subs for the opposition, but it was a clear sign that their plan A, which was lumped up to their big man, wasn't working uh, for Martin Allen. And then they went to a plan B, which uh, wasn't really going to work with his two most effective players off the pitch, which was great uh, great for us. So it's been route one football for them. Most. Most, most of the game. Yeah. What Martin Allen's just a one-trick pony, really, for me. Yeah, 79th um, minute. Moy Corley Bond beats Hollis. Gets for on goal uh, with Josh Kramer rushing in, but McCauley takes the shot on and Burton does well again to save with his legs. And I guess had he scored that, it would have been game over at that point. Yep, yeah, 79th minute, Charlie Lee comes off to a standing ovation and is replaced by Dale Gorman. And in the 84th minute, the O's win a penalty. Is James Brophy and JB McEnough play a nice one too. Brophy's too fast for his man, who brings him down, and the ref points to the spot. It was a blatant penalty. Mm. Blatant, All day blatant long. penalty. All day long. And up step McCauley Bond, who shoots hard and low to his left. And makes it 3 1. Well, I'd keep your guesses the right way as McCauley bags his 18th of another fantastic season so far. Enough pace on that to take it very past well. Him. Yeah. Although he guessed right, a softer penalty, he would have saved that. Yeah, good point. Yeah, really good penalty. Good point. Um, and it's in slow mo as well. Who caught that? You did. I did. did. you catch that on slow mo? Yeah, indeed, my friend. Yeah, so if you haven't on our seen our social it, media channels, yeah, all three of them. So it's on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram from right behind the South Stand. A lovely video. Very good. Very well lovely caught. Lovely video. 87 minutes on the clock now. Bearing in mind it's 3-1. Matt Harold comes on for James Brophy. Gets some minutes under his belt. But interesting, we can take an attacking player off and bring an attacking player on and still be looking potentially for another goal. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> and four minutes of time were added on. Nicole Bond this time comes off to another standing ovation as on comes James Allaby as the O's see the game out and win the game 3-1 as rocking all over the world blares out over the sound system as the Kings of Orient pick up a well-earned three points. So Ross Embleton did post-match after Chesterfield. He said it was a tough game. If you look at the league table, it would have been very straightforward to expect us to turn up and roll him over. But we knew it would be a t- uh, sorry. But we knew it'd be a challenge. They beat Salford in their most recent league game, so we knew it'd be really difficult. And I thought we overcame that. And then at times stamped our authority on how we wanted to play. He goes on to say, I think Charlie Lee, another one coming back from injury, deserves a big pat on the back. He's probably not 100% fully fit right now, but we knew him coming in would be a real asset for us going up against Denton in the air and then also putting them on the back foot with his throws. Yeah, that's a good point there from Ross. League table after that meant that our win, coupled with Salford's surprising 2-1 home defeat to Dagenham Redbridge, saw that us extend our lead in the National League up to four points. As At this point, we'd play 25 one fifteen, drawn eight, lost two on fifty three points, and a goal difference of plus thirty two. So going into Christmas, all very happy at Absolutely. the Orient. So yeah. my views on that one, yeah. I thought it was a fantastic match actually, and one that champions uh, will win as it won all. The game could have gone either way, and we started brilliantly. And again, Josh Karoma with another solo effort, and he's really blossoming uh, at this point in time. And it was clear we had a game plan with Chesterfield as both Marvin and Charlie doubling up on Denton, and that seemed to work well. And I have to say, pretty much every O's player played really well. And once the second goal had gone in, and once Denton had gone off, I felt the effort had gone, and Mackle's penalty put the icing on the cake. Uh, so I really enjoyed that match. I thought Chesterfield were quite a good team. There's yeah. a lot of uh, criticism for their style of football, but it works for them, or did work for them. Uh, at that day in a, a super atmosphere in the South Stand which was really enjoyable mm. and there was a real positiveness around the ground at full time and a great way to sign off uh, the 2018 home year 
uh, at the Bray Group Stadium. So I really enjoyed that one. Good, very good. Um, I saw a lot of people, as we'll probably read out, uh, you know, they, they came to give us a game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, great result for us. Sounded like Chesterfield came, had a good go, but we're just too strong for them in the end. And great that our front two have scored a game and we just one goal conceded. Our goal difference tally is doing it very, very well. Being top of the league at any time in the season is good, but let's not get ahead of ourselves as there is a lot more to do between now and the end of the season. So a bit of a short one for me as I wasn't... Yeah, as I wasn't there. Getting ready and packing your bags for a lovely holiday. Away I was, I was the, away. The family. So I'm yeah. sure you were away. I was it was away. a great tweet, not to us, but we'll mention it from at bet365, which summed up the year perfectly. So they tweeted Christmas 2017, Leighton Orient set 20th in the National League. Skip forward to Christmas 2018, top in the National League by four points. A lovely tweet Good there. Tweet. It's and interesting I, that uh, a lo- such a large betting outfit have picked up on us. Yeah. Um, I don't know how or why and what I didn't also know off on a slight tangent here that Bet365 owns Stoke City okay um, the do- yeah the daughter and the chairman of or the, yeah anyway the world's highest paid woman <laughs> gets paid like £230 million a year the uh, chairman of Bet365 and her dad's the chairman of Stoke. of Stoke so that's where I'm surprised they don't spend more money then to be fair paying her 230 million quid a year results anyway back on track um, so that we've had it, you've heard our views now a huge amount of feedback after this match uh, after all matches we get so thanks to everybody who takes the time to tweet us and respond to us on our social media accounts and we do try to read out as many as we can but just because we do read them out it really doesn't mean that we uh, we always agree with everything that's written uh, a lot of it is put in for balance uh, we're not happy clappy here so so I'll kick off then with Bazal73 who, who tweeted in saying, fantastic result, didn't understand all the negative comments regarding the signings or lack of before the game. Those who made signings haven't won. Reinforcements will come, but more important to keep the wins coming. Yeah, that was a good tweet to start things off. Yeah, this was followed up by John W999 who says, a magnificent battling performance with no lack of skill. Some of the passing was outstanding, as was Karoma's goal. Marvin is hands down the best defender I've seen in 20 years as a season ticket holder. Destined to be a big name in the game and he'll play at Premier League level. Some very big plaudits for Marvin Ekpateta. That is a very bold statement given some of the pretty decent defence defenders yeah. that we've had like the Gabby Zakouanis for this for example but I absolutely have to agree that he's definitely up there for his top, age at the moment top three top potential. five he's definitely up there Daniel underscore D44 said great performance from LOFC everyone had at least an 8 out of 10 game another cracker from Karoma Chesterfield had one player of quality other than that they were very one dimensional Daggers also done us a favour today. Hope they have a dip in form over the next week or so. Yeah, Rob MCC68 said, Thank you, Santa, for giving me a trainload of sad hammers to smirk at on the C2C rail journey home. Orient win, Shammers lose. Perfect Christmas. Like it. Yeah, absolutely. At Orient Day said, Very impressed. Chesterfield must have fancied their chances going in one each at half time, but felt we dealt with the game very well in the second half, considering a tough test passed. Uh, with a green tick emoji come on you O's we're in a great position now yeah good tweet there from Dave and Alb5399 says Chesterfield a tough team and gave us a tough game but the quality we have in Karoma Marvin etc won us the game Willowson as consistent as ever is like a different player to last season and Willowson again getting more plaudits now for just doing what he does best him and Big Marv will be up there fighting for player of the season at the end of the year uh, calling it now. Alan Gollidge uh, tweeted in saying, a great win against a big, strong, dangerous side. Dealt with their number 36. 
and, th and 30 were taken off as they caused us problems throughout a superb team performance where we just got better and better the longer the game went on. The priority now is to hang on to Ekpeteta and Karoma in January. Good points. And you talk about the player of the season. I think Karoma and I think JB McEnough will be up there as well. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Leon Oresti says, I thought that was the best defensive display by an Orient team in many a year. Mark did a brilliant job with Denton, who we couldn't handle last year, and Coulson was always there to help him out. The whole team put their bodies on the line today, and the forwards reaped the reward. Tommy Atkinson, six, had beaten a side that were improving and going four clear after Salford lost. Icing on the cake today, as me and the missus announced a new Orient fan due uh, in July 2019. So... Well done, Tommy. Congratulations. Mate, congratulations to Tommy. Everybody's scoring left, right and centre. Hey. Stuart, I hope it's a good pregnancy uh, for you as well, Tommy. As Stuart, 1973, says passion, desire and ability in abundance. And we are top of the league. Say so we are top of the league. Well done to everyone involved at our club. Yeah, the final word of this, this game goes to Paul Gregory, who said a massive win for the O's against a form side. We set for Chris, we, we set for Christmas games, but Dagenham will be mighty tough games as they are also in good form. Yeah, so prediction league update then. So well done at Tapster underscore seven and at Matty LOC Evans, who predicted 3-1 and one correct score. So got four points, but an extra well done to our only one Orient at M. Rob Rist at Sean underscore Rivet at Paul Staines 86 at SMTH Jack 7 at Vlatas underscore C at Bavid underscore Joel at Mark Shepherd underscore 79 at Jelly Dar <laughs> and at PDR1. 1-1-1-2 who all predicted 3-1 and two of the three scorers all getting five points well and there will be a full prediction league table roundup at the end of the episode yeah well done everybody uh, for guessing that correctly Sunday the 23rd of December then Christmas Eve Eve yeah. if you like Charlie Lee was named in the non-league papers team of the day whilst Marvin Ekpeteta and Josh Caroma were named in the National League's official team of the weekend so well done Charlie Marvin and Josh yeah well deserved there those three players could have been more could have been more. Joby could have easily got in there. Joe Willison could have easily got in there. Uh, so it might as well. They might as well have just done a late Orient starting eleven. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Basically, Monday the twenty fourth of December, and then it was Christmas Eve, and the club out a short statement about the repair work in the East Stand for the forthcoming home matches against Dagenham and Redbridge on Tuesday the first of January, and against Salford on Saturday the fifth of January, which said the club naturally hopes the stand will be ready for full use across the two matches, but if it remains partially closed, affected supporters will be able to exchange their tickets for seats in other areas of the ground. Fair enough. It's Tuesday the 25th of December then. Merry Christmas everybody and happy 22nd birthday uh, to Leighton Orient's media manager, Elliot Byrne. Yeah, hope what you had a, a good day one to be born. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Congratulations. Hope everyone had a good one. So moving on in, as the games come thick and fast, so Wednesday the 26th of December, which was Boxing Day, as the O's travelled for a one o'clock kickoff to Dagenham and Redbridge, and the team lined up with Dean Brewer in goal, at the back four of Link, Coulson, Ekpeteta and Wellowson, midfielder of Karoma, Clay, Lee and Brophy, with Bon and Alibi up top, and on the bench we had Sergeant, Happy, Lawless, Gorman and Harold. Yeah, so one change to the O starting lineup from Chesterfield as James Alabi comes in for JB McEnough, who misses out with a toe injury. And for those of you who are quite astute, you'd notice that Josh Caroma was mentioned in the midfield, so he was moved to the right wing to accommodate that. And Alex Lawless uh, comes onto the bench. Yeah, my Your views on that one at the time, I thought JB McEnough would be a very big miss and concern that we've had to move an in from Josh Caroma onto the wing, but still a strong squad who should still win the match and that's the beauty of writing these notes 
as the they time. come through in hindsight. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. A great opportunity for Allaby to prove himself in this game. Dagenham should not be underestimated, though, as they are the informed team. And what wise words I speak. What wise words you speak. Shall so let's see out? how we got in this. So the match kicked <laughs> off with the O's looking to extend their lead at the top of the National League and the Orient looking for their sixth consecutive Boxing Day win, with Dagenham Rebridge looking for their first Boxing Day win since 2000. Good stats. And 11 stats. So Charlie Lee had the captain's armband, and the action started as early as the fifth minute. Dean Brewer did very well to keep out Dagenham's dangerous striker, uh, Wilkinson, who tested him from inside the six-yard box. But Dean showed great reactions and was down quick to make a save. Yeah, good save there from Dean Brewer, having a yeah. very good season. And Sam Lynch Cross in the eighth minute only made it to Dagenham keeper Justin and then Josh Caroma tested Justin a minute later from distance but he comfortably saved the effort. Yeah, it was us or more specifically Josh Corson who had to be alert in the 10th minute to poke the ball away from Wilkinson following a well-found pass and recent Dagenham signing Angelo Balanta tried his luck in the 12th minute which Dean Brill uh, did well uh, to save. A um, lot of action in the first 10 or so minutes wasn't there? A lot of tag people going like outright going for it. Yeah, local derby. Both, both teams wanting to prove they're worth, and then there was yeah. a big chance for James Allaby in the 90th minute as he stole the ball from Monterey AC. Allaby was in on goal, but Justin saved his effort. Now, I haven't seen this. In your views, should Allaby? Oh, I can't remember. Be if I was a professional podcaster, I'd probably have watched <laughs> this video back. Um, I can't remember. Fine. Is the honest answer. Probably. Okay. Probably should have done. Um, fast forward then now to the 30th minute and James Brophy provided a neat reverse pass to Macaulay Bond. But his effort was well saved by the legs of the informed Justin. Yeah, good keeper there, there Justin. He's yeah. had some good few recent games coming into these matches. And for those not aware, Charlie Lee, the long throw legend, caused Dagenham some issues in the 37th minute as he took a throw in. Macca had a shot blocked and the ball came out to Craig Clay. Nicely set up for him, but Craig unfortunately smashed his effort over from just inside the box. A good chance then. Craig probably disappointed that he couldn't keep the shot down. Yeah, I'd imagine so. With half-time approaching, though, James Alabi set up Macaulay Bond in the 40th minute, but he could only find the side netting. Dean Brill was forced to make a superb save from Wilkinson just a minute later, and he got a shot on, in on goal that Dean just got down uh, well enough to save, nice and low, uh, and the danger cleared. Yeah, for me, two very good saves from Dean uh, in the first half. The second one, probably even better. Done really well um, and just showing his worth to the team. And then James Brophy tried a curling effort from distance in the 43rd minute. And Charlie Lee had a shot that was wide in the 45th minute. I think the keeper had the ball covered. And the rest of the half is played out and the team's going at half-time. Nil, nil. Yeah, with attendance of 3694, 3694 and 1421 uh, away fans what an awesome turnout I know Super. it's local but people still usually have plans on Boxing Day on Boxing Day there's usually a few Brussels that need devouring so um, outstanding really strong line um, turnout from, from the Orient faithful yeah brilliant so Orient got the second half underway made no changes and we had a couple of half chances in the first 10 minutes with Marmalek Pateta seeing his header from a corner saved in the 58th minute yeah, or it made his first substitution in the 62nd minute as Matt Harold came on to replace James Alabi. For me, only given an hour, uh, James Alabi, does that mean he's really not been as effective as they'd hoped? Is he lacking match sharpness because he's not started many games? Like, There's a lot to think about. It's early for Justin to be making us. He doesn't normally make subs that, that early, early, which probably tells you his own story. And the fact Alibi hasn't really featured in the next two games probably tells you 
an even greater story. So we'll yeah. see what happens with Allenby. Yeah. Uh, Dagenham was starting to look dangerous on their counter-attacks and with no real chances to talk about. It was the O's who broke the deadlock in the 72nd minute as man of the moment, Josh Crone. We got a pass from Craig Clay and Josh has more managers to get the ball just inside the area. He looks up for someone else, really. He's looking up for a pass. He doesn't get it. And he just looks and sees a little gap uh, in the goal. As an effort with his uh, toe, pokes the ball into the bottom corner and it just creeps into the corner to send the 1,421 Orient faithful crazy as we go one up. And again, another goal for Josh and a different goal for Josh. Very clever goal for Josh. Yeah. Showing that you know he's not a one-trick pony. Very different goal. Very clever clever footballing brain developing uh, on this kid and I must confess when I saw that go in I thought this is typical Orient yeah. ride out the home storm get the goal up and now we'll hit him on the counter and we'll see this game out yeah absolutely very good goal that 75 minutes gone Orient take uh, make their second substitution as Dal Gorman replaced Charlie Lee and two minutes later and sadly Dagenham leveled the scores as McQueen poached from a Dean Brill save to equalise and make it one all. Yeah, very unlike us. Bit of poor defending there. Brill made a really good save and then the rebound came out uh, to their man McQueen and no one was following him. Mm. Following him in, he just had a simple run in and a simple finish. Felt quite unlucky uh, there for Brill because he's done his job and he's been let down a bit by the defence and uncharacter- uncharacteristic of us to drop a lead so quickly yeah. after taking it and all that hard work undone. Yeah. In the 84th minute, Wilkinson's trickery helped him to get past three Orient players, but not Dean Brill, as he saved his effort. Dagenham took the lead, though, three minutes later, as Nunn's deflective shot took a def- was deflected when in at the near post to put Dagenham 2-1 up with three minutes plus any time added on uh, to be played as well. Yeah, very un- It's not character- yeah. particularly characteristic of us to concede two goals so quickly and so late in the game, are not, not this season. Yeah. I, was, I mean, it was, deflect- season, it was deflected. Yeah. I've only seen it at one angle, which doesn't really give the best kind of insight to it. But a lucky deflection for them. And like you said, very uncharacteristic of us this season, especially since Justin took over. So really disappointing there. So Orient put the pressure on for an equaliser and had a penalty appeal turned down as a Josh Graham across appeared to hit a Dagenham uh, <coughs> defender on the hand. And looking back at that, it looks like it well, it was a penalty, but sometimes you see him given and not given, but definitely worth appealing for, even though we didn't get it. And in the 90th minute, McCauley Bond had a header at the far post, which Justin done very well to save. And again, for me, fine margins. Penalties like that can either go your way or not. Yeah. And Bond, you can tell when he heads it, he thinks he scored. And the keeper's just made a good save. What else can you do? Yeah, seeing him in the flesh today, because obviously we played Dagenham today, he's quite long-legged and long-limbed. So obviously he's been using that to his advantage. Yeah. Wasn't to be though. No. Five additional minutes were played out as another Bond header goes wide and the full-time whistle goes as the O's fall to only their third defeat of the season. So we won out post-match but Dave Victor wasn't caught up with Justin Edinburgh and here's what Justin had to say post-Dagenham on Boxing Day. Justin, thanks for joining us. Obviously a very disappointing result. The performance? Uh... Yeah, I think it's a scrappy affair. Um, very tight uh, against an informed team, but very unlike us once we went into the lead to, uh, to let it slip and, and the way we let it slip. You know, we was once we went when they let we were controlled, um, but you know we just uh, switched off at times. Uh, just went as if we were we're losing the game at that stage. It, it just very much, very much unlike us to to allow them goals to be scored against us. Because it started uh, well in the second half with Josh Crome. Yeah, no, I mean, this, I think um, 
we had to weather the storm. I thought they started brightly, which you understand. I mean, they've won a lot of games of late, um, so we knew it was going to be a, a tough encounter. But you know, once we weathered that storm, I thought the second half we started really well, got one nil up, and I, I, I couldn't envisage us losing the game. How much of uh, an impact on a loss was uh, the captain, Joby Mackenna? It was always a big impact, but... Um you know, and also where we've lost Dayton, we're light in that area, so we've, we've had to move Josh Caroma, who's, who's been in scintillating form up front, out wide, but it, it still didn't affect it. You know, we 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 went one up, we should see the game out day, but no, of course it's a big loss. He's our captain, he's, he's been excellent from the day I arrived here, and he's in very, very good form, but... You know, that's, that's how it is. I understand it's a toe injury. How sort of uh, serious is that toe injury? Mm, yeah, it's it's one of those ones, really. There's It can put no time on it. It could be... Is it a break? Uh, it's a fracture. So uh, it could be OK for Saturday. We're just It has calmed down. It's not displaced, so it's just a you know, fracture. It's not The bone's not come away, so that, that's positive. So it's just a case of um, just seeing how, how the swelling... Um, goes away and, and how, he, how he feels in terms of getting his, his weight through it. Did it happen in training or in the match? No, it happened on Saturday at Chesterfield late on in the game. Um, obviously played on with it, adrenaline's pumping then, but um, yeah, no, we knew about it after the game, had a scan and, and reported that. So you obviously people are looking to bring somebody into the side now? Well, we'd like to have done that before, but unfortunately that hasn't happened. So we assume that's a wide man? Yeah, no, of course we've lost. You know, we've lost Dayton. We know that Karoma has gone up front, and, and I want him to remain a striker. So we are lighting them areas. Yeah, that's for sure. And you want another striker? Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I've, I've said that. That's, that's nothing new. There is all sorts of rumours about the place, and Jay Simpson is back in the country. I understand. Well, maybe so. I, don't, I mean, he's been training with us, Dave. That's, that's no secret about that. Yeah, no, we. He knows a few of the lads. He rang me and asked if he could use the facility. I had no problem with that, so he's training with us. Yeah, that's. But well, I know he's in the country. <laughs> Is he somebody you'd like to bring into the squad? Uh, listen, I'm not sure that we would come into to Jay's thinking. I don't know. I, I, I would. I would envisage that you know he's looking to. To, to remain in the football league, I would think. I suppose one of the advantages is you don't have to wait a lo- very long before you uh, sort of get back to winning no, ways. No, I, I just said to the boys there that um, we've, we've we've let the point slip today. Not 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 like us, you know. Very uncharacteristic of of us to go and be one nil up with ten minutes to go and lose the game. Um, but we had chances to to certainly get back in it and we had two blatant stoneball penalties turned down I mean how the referee's not seen it I mean the guy's hands above his head he's clawed the ball away and the other one's in an unnatural position to, to go and stop the ball so you know we, we shouldn't have needed the referee's um, help today but there were certainly two penalties that we got turned down and, and they are cast iron penalties Finally for me, Justin, any other injuries today? Uh, well, we had to bring Charlie Lee off. You know, he had a clash of heads there. Um, so, you know, we would have liked to have kept him on, but unfortunately we had to bring him off. So we'll assess that. But, yeah, as, as, as I speak now, it looks like he's going to be fine. Thanks, Justin. Thanks. Thank you. Right, you. Talking to Justin Edinburgh. More from Justin uh, and David to come later in the podcast. So massive thank you there today for that. So that meant, despite losing, we are still top, or were, of the National League, having played 26, won 15, drawn 8, with only our third loss of the season, with goal difference on 31 and on 53 points. As Wrexham, who were in third, beat Salford, 
who were in second, 5-1, which is a great result for mm. us, uh, which meant that Wrexham, three points behind us with a game in hand, now Salford are four points behind us. So, your views on Dagan Marabijawaina, Mr. Lee? Yeah, a bit of a shock one, that that 5-1 result. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, yeah, so obviously Dagan being the informed team at the moment, so for me, I knew this was going to be um, yeah, from the off, really, that it wasn't going to be an easy game for us. I thought the result was a bit of a surprise, like like Justin said, you know, having two two cast iron penalties turned down. You're not, you're, we're not getting the help of um, of the uh, referees or their assistants in this. But yeah, we took the lead. Karoma's goal uh, was fantastic. Joby uh, obviously uh, yeah, is a miss in this team. And at the time of writing this, we don't have a return date, so our transfer dealings in January now become even more important. Um, obviously, Justin has said that Jay is training with us. Um, and personally, having spoken to Jay. He has said on more than one on than on more than one occasion that he's ideally really looking for a football league club, um, and a return to Orient isn't on the cards uh, at at the moment. But this is football, um, you know. If he doesn't, I mean, we'll talk about it later. But if he doesn't get a contract from a league club and Orient's yeah, still there waiting in the wings for him, never say never. It's football. Yeah, for Your me, views? thought it'd be a difficult game, and it, you know, proved to be the case, but. I think I've already said, but I must confess, once we'd gone one up, I thought we'd be talking about a win as opposed to a defeat with this one. But another goal for Karoma, who's really hitting a hot streak uh, and another great finish. But it would appear from the tweets that will come on to it, we really uh, missed Joby in the match and that the Charlie Lee uh, substitution for Gorman might have been a, a changing point uh, in the game. Although disappointing defeat, though, it's not time to really overreact. It's only our really third defeat of the season. This game's come thick and fast this time of year. So let's put this one behind us and push on away to Dover. And my last point uh, at this point was, have we all massively underestimated Wrexham? So obviously we beat Wrexham 2-0. We kind of pulled away from them back in November. Their manager left. We thought they'd crumble. And instead they'd gone the other way at this point and proving to be um, New challenging manager out there. So mm. we shall see. Well, that's Those were our views on Dagenham. Plenty of your views to talk about. We mentioned a small selection of what came into us at Orange Outlook. Podcast Towers Lenham for said I'm happy to throw it away like that given we're usually good at managing games when we're winning have to improve in the next few games before the big Salford clash yeah El Coado said today we got treated to some vintage late in Orient if we want to go up as champions we can't really be losing a game after taking a 74th minute lead onwards and upwards though yeah good point there Tom Davies E17 says we sorely missed Mackenough lacked control midfield but still did enough to have won the game yeah Conway underscore Nigel said Joby out so we change our complete shape to accommodate Alabi if we have to rely on this bye bye top spot yeah a bit of a talking point there obviously having to drop Corona back into the right wing to get Alabi up front see, see then Alabi played on from what I'm led to believe Alabi played on the wing at Dover last season which obviously isn't his natural position either so for me if you're going to play if you've got two strikers and you're going to play one of them on the wing surely you're going to not surely you that wouldn't be Coroma that you'd put on the wing yeah I think Justin doesn't fancy Alabi uh, anywhere else mm-hmm. yeah at John Band 6-3-0 says when Lee went off it was a game changer it was Gorman it took too long to settle in but overall, it was a good performance. Don't press the panic button just yet. The occasional one tweeted in saying, if we don't get a striker, can't expect Bon and Caroma to score all the goals, we're going to blow this big time. Yeah, I am underscore emo. It's a bit of an overreaction to today's defeat. Derbies can go either way. Three defeats all season isn't too bad. Fantastic so looking on the point. bright side there, yeah. Fantastic point. Run with GC said, I don't like to criticise Orient players, but I'm afraid Alabi is not up to it. 
I think the substitution of Lee was forced upon Justin due to the injury he sustained earlier, and we looked solid up until then. Bad mistake by Gorman for daggers first. So Gorman being called out a little bit, maybe. The scapegoat, yeah. Flistavita, Orient Electric. says champions don't usually lose games like that. Short and sweet. Stasi Stasi said the commentary indicated the O's were the dominant team. We're just not taking advantage of our superior possession. When our, when are our midfielders going to have a shot on goal? If Dean Cox is fit, get him in the building. His free kicks, shots and crossing would improve us. Dean Cox appears later in the podcast. That big ad. LOFC says another striker and winger are a must. Shouldn't have lost today, but it's clear as day that in order to stay top, we need a few extra bodies. Going to get a few injuries though, and tiredness and even suspensions will play their part in the second half of the season. Tom P1984 said, Orient haven't lost for five Boxing Day games. Daggers haven't won for five Boxing Day games. Was always going to end up the way it did. Sounds like Lee is is essential linchpin for the squad. They are all they are well informed as well. We'll do them back at ours. Yeah, Billy Herring is 03. Just just putting it out there. I think Edinburgh got it wrong today with the changes. Gorman and Clay are both forward-looking midfielders, and we lost our shape when Lee went off. Lawless should have come on for Lee. And Interesting point there, Billy. Yeah, the final word goes to Steve Chaplin for said a rare case of not seeing out a game. The squad probably needs freshening up, but careful recruitment is required. Anyone brought in must be capable of starting in their own right. Be prepared to wait for their chance and not upset the current team spirit. We don't need squad fillers. And I think that's exactly a great point to end on because a lot of people are speculating at the moment. We'll come on to it later. But it can't just be anyone because there are millions of players out there that would sign for us. Yeah. But like Justin said post-match to today, Victor actually, um, it's got to be the right personnel. It can't just be anyone. They've got to fit into the squad professionally and personally as well. Good points. It's a very good point. Some great tweets coming out of the Dagenham and Redbridge game. So thank you to everyone who tweeted us. And only two correct predictions in our prediction league for this one is Elmo John 7 and Muzakir Ahmed done the dreaded prediction against Orient and it paid off as both got three points in the prediction league. And again, there'll be a full table roundup later in the podcast. So Thursday the 27th of December following the Boxing Day defeat was a quiet day at the club and so was Friday the 28th of December as everyone was getting ready for the upcoming trip to Dover. So let's move on in to the third game of the podcast on Saturday the 29th of December as we travel to Dover away. So there's a team lined up for this one with Brill in goal, Ling, Coulson, Ekpateta and Willowson in defence with Brophy, Gorman, Lee and Karoma in midfield with Harold and Bond starting up top and on the bench Sergeant, Happy, Lawless, Alibi and for the first time in the squad for the league Rule Satorio. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, interesting one to bring Ruel in, but he's obviously been doing very well and deserving uh, of his starting uh, position. But that meant, as you can tell, that there were two changes to the starting lineup that faced Dagenham as Dale Gorman replaced Craig Clay, who was out with a hamstring injury. Matt Harold swapped places with James Alabi, who dropped to the bench alongside Rule, uh, who is named as a sub for the first time in the league this season. Yeah, for Your me, views? Craig Clay would be a big miss. Yep. He's been superb this season. Interesting that Alabi has dropped to the bench in place of Matt Harold, so he only got an hour at Dagenham. And obviously, Justin... Wasn't impressed enough. Wasn't impressed enough. Well, yeah. carrying an injury, but it was, Justin certainly didn't imply that he was carrying one. Uh, and should Alex Lawless be getting a nod in a game like this over Dale Gorman? Obviously, a few people coming out of the Dagenham game thought Lawless should have started. Unlucky not to be. And again, George Ellicobi can't even get into the squad. Nowhere near it, is he? I, I agree with you on that. I think uh, particularly... 
you know, Alex Lawless is is lauded by his peers. You know, in the interviews they've done, you know, we're, we're training against a, a great player like Alex Lawless. So why isn't he getting in the squad? Why is Dale Gorman getting in ahead of him? Yeah. Um, it, it does beg the question. It, it just something isn't quite right about that. Um, there's something more to it that I, I, I just don't understand. Uh, Dale's, a, you know, a, a goodish player. Um, but I think Alex is probably, for me, a bit ahead of him. But we haven't seen much of him. Yeah, well, obviously Justin makes those calls, so probably would disagree with what we are saying. Yeah, probably. well, yeah, exactly. He sees them day in and day out, and he's got tactical information about the opposition. Obviously, he thinks that Dale can do a better job or is more suited to that team. Yeah. So, I don't know. D underscore Blundell said, though, now now with Clay, Dayton and Joby out, we've lost reliable spine of our team. Yeah, good point there. Uh, at Lee Gibbs 1, so Clay is a massive miss. Been so impressed this season with his performances. Hopefully him and Joby not out for long, but still... A strong team. So the O's got the game underway and with just seven minutes on the clock, Dean Brill brought down Effion in the box and the referee took no hesitation in pointing towards Spartan for me. Blatant penalty. Yeah, yeah. it was. It really was. <laughs> like, you, as a goalkeeper, you're never going to get protection from a referee for that. Well, Brill comes out running uh, for the yeah. ball, gets knocked past him. Striker's going down all day long, isn't he? Yeah. All day long. So, a penalty for Dover. Upstepped um, Effion. Is that, did he step up for take the penalty? Anyway, don't know who took the penalty. Whoever took it, Dean Brill redeemed himself and saved the penalty as he guessed correctly to his right and the ball was cleared to safety. Well played, Dino. Redeemed. Redeemed himself with that. Very, very well done uh, there as well. Really not much to talk about over the next sort of half an hour or so with chances and uh, and talking points being uh, sort of very, very minimal. But in the 34th minute, Macaulay bonded really well. His pass to Josh Caroma on the right wing uh, got past Gomez and into a decent shooting position, but sadly just over the bar. Yeah, Josh done very well there to get into that position, uh, but I think Josh probably be disappointed uh, with his shot there. He didn't hit the target in the 39th minute. It was another chance for Josh again as Bond feeds him through on the right. This time Josh tries to dink it over the keeper, but the ball dropped just wide. And obviously Josh having another decent chance, obviously the danger man in this game, something that we were looking to explore. Trying too hard right. to be cute and clever. Or just being instinctive? I don't think they're instinctive. Maybe trying to be a bit, a bit, a bit too cute. Yeah. Probably, don't know. So one additional minute um, is played uh, for that half and the half-time whistle goes with the half-ending goalless. I mean, I know we're not really covering the game in the greatest detail and there's not much to talk about, but we have not mentioned Matt Harold once in that half-time round-up at all. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I mean, if it, if it's not on sort of like club feed that has been mentioned either, I mean. No, I'm just saying it seems like I had a really like, quiet, really quiet game, not getting yeah. involved. You know, so tennis was announced at two thousand two hundred and seventy with seven hundred and seventy five fans making the journey. So again, amazing travelling support. So the second half kicks off with no subs for the O's. Yeah, forty six minutes on the clock. Dover almost took the lead straight away in the second half as F Young played the ball into Pavey just inside the O's area and he smashed an effort which ricocheted onto the bar. I think Brill had that one covered though. I wouldn't expect Brill to get beaten uh, on that side. But yeah, decent decent effort there. And in the 62nd minute, skipped 15 minutes, Alex Lawless comes on for James Brophy. And again, not much really to talk about in this one for the next 15 minutes. His chances were few and far between and you got the feeling that it would be one goal that was going to win this game. They yeah. weren't going to turn into like another day in Redbridge where you'd see like three goals in the last 15 minutes. It, you got the feeling it would just be one goal and the match would kind of just reach its conclusion. So 77th minute, Josh Karami gets the ball on his left, has a shot and Walker saved. And again, Josh, complete danger man in this one. 
yeah, so if we, if, if we were to take the lead, it would more than likely be through through Josh Garoma. James Allaby came on for Matt Harold in the 81st minute. Yeah, a 90th minute then, skip 10 minutes. The O's almost uh, nicked the points as a Dalgorman shot, following good work, uh, and a throw from Charlie Lee hit the post. So unlucky there from Dalgorman, but again, I think their keeper had it covered as well, so I don't think it had it been on target it would have gone in. Okay. And then three additional minutes were played as the full-time whistle goes and one of the quickest roundups we've ever done for a match shows pick up and a waypoint in the road uh, and their final game of 2018 ends in a draw. So we weren't there. Dave Victor was and Dave Victor again spoke to Justin following the match. So here's what Justin had to say post-Dover. Well, Justin, thanks for joining us. You had to work hard for that point. Well, I think I said before, you know, uh, today's game after uh, Boxing Day's game, every game's going to be tough. Um, the margins um, are getting tighter. Everyone's fighting harder. And uh, it's no different today. I think um, it was a well-earned point for... <clears throat> now, apart from the, the penalty, um, I think we had enough chances again to win the game. Um, but... You know, we've got to remain calm, we've got to remain composed and, and when the games become tight, the quality has to be even greater than it has been over the duration of the season. Throughout 2018, Ding Bill's been outstanding and it was a very important save you made. Yeah, I mean, it'd be the first to know that he, he had no reason to come out to, to get caught up in the, the action. Um, but when he did, you know, he's made a great save uh, to keep out the penalty. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think he's made up for, for a slight error, really. It was a difficult game, wasn't it? In many ways, quite a, a, a sort of untidy match, but chances at a premium, especially for the O's. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, you look at the two, uh, Josh Caroma got through. I mean, we've hit the post at the end with Dal Gorman. I say, uh, you know, without repeating myself, it's, it's where the quality has to come to, to the fore in these second half of the season. These are, these are tough games now. The games are going to be more... They're going to be more difficult. Teams are, are going to fight harder uh, without keep repeating myself. So yeah, they're, they're not going to be. There's not going to be people beating each other three and four nil. The top three aren't going to keep winning like they were at the early part of the season. Um, so we just got to remain composed. I think it's a very valuable point away from home today. And at this time of the season, you would expect injuries, but uh, Craig Clay is the latest absentee. Yeah, no, he took a took a whack in uh, the Dagnum game uh, dead leg um, so it's caused a, um, a hematoma there a bit of bleeding um, so yeah today's game come too soon and we'll assess that over the next couple of days really possibility for Dagnum New Year's Day yeah I hope so uh, same with Joby that's improving all the time so he'll have to take a deep breath um, one or two knocks in a, in a real tough encounter today but you know other than those two then we, we look alright and Miles Judd yeah, Miles is here now. He's fit, so him and George uh, missed out today. But uh, yeah, they're all, all, everyone available. What about news on potential arrivals into the camp? We're trying hard, Dave. You know, we, you know, I've made it quite clear. I want, I want people in. Um, so we're hoping that that'll happen. Um, you know, possibly maybe for for New Year's Day. Wrexham have hit form recently, haven't they? Yeah, they have. But there's still points behind us. I think everyone's getting a little bit uptight. We're still top of the league. I don't. I can't remember the last time we weren't top, Dave, and it's like it's starting to bug me a bit that people keep saying, oh, they're in form, they're in form. But we had three three losses in 27 games, is it? Is that not good form? I don't know. I, I, I'm, it's a lovely I'm, way to finish I'm, the year, isn't I'm it? I'm amused that 
like we're, we're not in good form. I, I can't get it. I, I'm, I'm totally, absolutely have to be a positive person. You know, we've, we've lost two away games back to back. We've got a really good draw here today. Clean sheet. And we go home on New Year's Day and we look to win the game. Because they were a form team, weren't they, Dover? Well, we are playing all the form teams, aren't we? We played Dagnum, I think. They were top of the form. Dover have been a form team. They beat Fold here. They beat Maystone here. Then no one's rolling over and having their bellies tickled. I'm just I'm a bit, bit disappointed with, with, again, with some of the crowd today. You know, some of the crowd reaction. That was only one or two. I'm not talking about they've travelled in incredible numbers. They've been brilliant. But it was one or two individuals today that said a couple of things that I think they'll be disappointed with tonight. So let's finish the year on a high, and it's been an excellent year, both on and off the pitch, hasn't it, for late Noyan? Absolutely. This, this, these people nearly were without a club a year and a half ago. When I come in, this was free fall. 16 games without a win. I think in my time, I've lost nine in over a year. I just, come on, we need to be positive. It's, it's, we're, we're the team at the top of the league. We're in an excellent position. On and off the pitch, fantastic. We've been backed by numbers again today. We'll be backed by numbers at home on New Year's Day. What a way to celebrate going into the new year, top of the league. Can't say no more than that, can I? Certainly can't, Thank Justin. You. Well done. Happy New Year to you. Thanks, Thanks for everything Thank you shared. Very, very animated, Justin Edinburgh. Yeah, absolutely. Makes some great points. Right, I think he's absolutely right that we are generally, as a fan base, our general default position on thought process and mind is negative. There's everyone very, very quick to, to be the ones that discover this negative that they pick up on and people feast off of it and then more negativity comes off it. And Justin's absolutely right. You know, whilst we're not top of the form tables, we are an informed team because we are top of the league. Absolutely. Because we've only lost three all season. You know, we've drawn, what, eight games have we drawn? Um, nine. Nine games we've drawn now. I mean, what more do people want? And as Justin quite rightly said, cast your mind back 18 months ago, we were that close to not having a club. Yeah, absolutely. And here we are at the top of the league. Let's talk about footballing things. Let's talk about how we are top. Like, people come to me and talk to me now, rant like, oh, what do you do sport? Lane Orient. Oh, top of the league. You know, people are talking about another win, another top of the league. How many points clear are you? You know, people shouldn't... I, I, I couldn't agree more with, with him, um, to be honest with you. And it must be frustrating to be the manager and to be hearing your own fans to be to be fair only a minority he did go and say it was only Agreed. one or two and without being there we don't know what was sung or what, he, what he'd heard well someone had mentioned to me as they were leaving the pitch that there was quite a few voices that were saying some pretty un- unpleasant things surprising very surprising un- un- unnecessary very unnecessary very disappointing so looking at the league table and it's Justin mentioned we were indeed top after that in that draw coupled with Salford's 3-2 away loss at Barrow and Wrexham's 1-0 home win over Solihull means that the O's are still in first place and now play 27-1-15 draw 9 lost 3 54 points and a superb goal difference of plus 31 so Wrexham now only one point behind us in second place with a game in hand and Fylde and Salford in third and fourth respectively just four points Behind the O's. Yeah, so your so views on that one, Mr. My additional Lee? views. Um, well done, Dean Brill, who, despite giving the penalty away, redeemed himself by saving the penalty. I think Andy Hessenthaler was always going to make this a hard game uh, and to stop really us playing. We, you know, but we obviously created a number of chances. We just couldn't, com- excuse me, couldn't convert them. Uh, Karoma had a couple of one v ones, for example. Um, you know, a point away is really not a bad result considering if you win at home and draw away. 
you're going to be up there or thereabouts Absolutely, come yeah. the end of the season. Um, as Justin has, you know, I've just had a, a bit of a moment there. Lots of fans having a bit of a meltdown on social media as well. And also, I think uh, it was mentioned that one or two uh, were also abusing the players as they left uh, the pitch, which is unacceptable. I think the words disgrace and should be ashamed of themselves was Crazy. also hurled there. I wasn't there. It's what I was told. But, you know, we've got a few injuries to key players. Uh, but we are top of the league. We will strengthen uh, this month. And as fans, I think we just need to believe in Justin and the owners a lot more. Um, and again, this isn't aimed at the masses. It's aimed at the minority of people who are doing this. Um, the owners and Justin and, and Martin, they will do right by the club. They absolutely have the club's best interests at heart. And I don't think it really helps that people claiming to be in the know and spreading rumours which are baseless and, and, and frankly incorrect. Okay. My views, I thought it was a decent point, a way to have opposition. So I can't be too unhappy with that result, you know, in my eyes, especially when considering our keeper has saved a penalty. And that's only real save he's really had to make. And our influential yeah. captain, who the team is kind of a go-to man, was missing. Everyone is entitled to their views, and some fans think you know we should be beating Dover away, which is acceptable. But however, we're still top of the league, and all fans would have taken this placing in the league long before the season started. So surely, plenty of reasons to be happy there. So those were our views, your views. Again, a huge amount of views coming in uh, to Orient Outlook Podcast Towers after this match at Wrecking Blue App. Says we had a weakened team and saved a penalty early on against a team in form at home in the league. Despite their position, they'd won five at home in a row. So I didn't know that. It's a good point there. For me, it's a point gained and we take it and hope for more on New Year's Day. Good tweet there yeah, from Paul. Absolutely agree with that. PM31970 said, stopped the losing run away from home. Need to get in reinforcements as soon as we can. Missing McEnough, Dayton and Clay and Judd big time. Richie J. Bourne says, missed some big players today and the midfield did let us down. Ron and Karoma need to start together up front. Yeah, Joe Jessner, 16, said, Our first 11 is really strong. However, most of the replacements are bang average at best. Neither Harold nor Alabi offer a real goal threat. Ling is slow and offers nothing going forward compared to Judd. And Gorman should score and assist way more for how advanced up the pitch he plays. Yeah, so some points made there by Joe at Kylie 05. Says, it pains me to say this, but today was not good enough. I know a point is a point. It could well be crucial come the end of the season, but we need more across the pitch. Yeah, SMTH Jack7 said, no creativity, we need to bring a couple in. When we lacked creativity, we looked at the bench and there's no one to change a game, to change the game attacking-wise. Yeah, good point. Stiggy, yeah. 64. So there's lots of effort, but very little quality on show today. Goes to prove how important Joby is to our season. We really missed him today. Yeah, Jamie Stripe tweeted saying the elephant in the room is that the biggest miss in this team is McEnough and the last two games have underlined it. He is our go-to guy when it comes to set plays and a bit of guile to open up a defence. We need to address this now and not hang this out any longer. Yeah, very good tweet there. Samuel LOFC 97 says every team has a blip during the season and every team gets injuries but we are still top. We've come a long way this year with a couple of reinforcements we can make 2019 a year to remember. Some people need to stop having short memories and need to get off the players back constantly. Yeah, completely agree with uh, with Samuel's like tweet. They're great tweet. Yeah, Dave M1812 said one point and probably lucky to get that. Missing Joby's influence Desperately need a right winger to balance the attack and still finishing 2018 top of the league. So no need to panic yet in Justin We Trust. Another good tweet there at Matt J. Nash. There's lots of strange results this time of year. Fatigue and injury lead to general reduction in quality and who would have thought Salford would lose four on the bounce? Great point. Delighted to be top at the year end and five points clear of Salford onwards 
and upwards. I mean, Salford is a classic example. We spent the money, but they lost four on the bounce. We're not talking about four defeats on the trot. Thank you goodness think me. you were, judging by some of the criticisms that, that are out there. If we were um, talking about four losses on this podcast, four, oh, four matches for losses, we wouldn't have done it. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah meltdown. MCA Ziggy said, our fans have gone tense all of a sudden. Everyone needs to take a step back and relax. To date, we've played our two automatic promotion rivals on their patches and left with a win and a draw. We're top of the league, for goodness sake. Breathe. Another very good tweet. Spartacus 1957 says, Justin's remarks are spot on. We have got to get behind the team and support them in good and in bad. You would believe we were bottom, not a top of Christmas, by some supporters. And they are totally unrealistic. Another very good tweet there. Adult Swim 1 said, The way I see it, we can afford a little wobble. Good foundations have been laid. A blip in the middle of the season is almost predictable. If we can finish the last 15 games strongly, you'd fancy us to go for auto. Yeah, agree. And Venomous 1983 says, If you'd offered us top spot at the start of the season, we'd have taken it all day long. Some Orient fans seem to lose their minds if we even concede a goal. I think some need a reality check. Get behind the team. And stop bleeding, so bleeding negative. Yeah, Barry Twin tweeted in. He said, yes, we've dropped points lately, which has been disappointing. Yes, Wrexham have closed the gap. Yes, Justin Edinburgh has stated he's looking to strengthen the squad. Yes, we're still top of the league. And what position would fans prefer Orient to be in going into 2019? Yeah, and at Chris underscore Convis is disappointing in the context of Wrexham winning and a missed opportunity to move further clear Salford. However, Given Dover's improved form and the fact we are missing Joby, Clay and Dayton, a point today is far from a disaster in my mind. And we've put this as the final word this week because we thought it was uh, very appropriate. Former uh, Orient winger, wing wizard, at Dean under seven, uh, underscore seven Cox said, Top of the league, the club is in a great position on and off the pitch. Form dips at times in the season, but I fully expect the team to thrive in the second part of the season and gain promotion. Support the team. Everyone is in it together. Me as a fan, hope they do it. Yeah, so some great tweets coming into us at Orient Outlook. Those were all tweets that came through to us on Orient Outlook. We don't kind of take tweets from other Twitter feeds, so thank you for all your tweets. More to come from Twitter following today's game. And the Prediction League update, it doesn't often happen, but there were no correct predictions for this match. No one went for the 0-0. Don't forget, we have a top-of-the-table roundup at the end of the episode. So, moving on then to Sunday the 30th of December. A quiet day all round, but the club tweeted some interesting stats looking back on 2018. So, in the league only, we've had 23 wins, 15 draws and 8 defeats, which shows a win ratio of 50%. We've scored 71 goals, we've conceded 31 with 19 clean sheets. 42 days we've spent at the top of the National League. Yeah, the club great, league went on great to tweet. Stats, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, great year for McCauley Bond as he scored 28 goals in the calendar year 2018. And Dean Brill featured in every minute of every game in 2018. So lots to be positive about. I mean, I think the club put this tweet out based on all the negative comments they were probably seeing probably. to be, you know, an extra bit positive and rightly so based on those figures there so yeah. great stats to see from the club and Monday the 31st of December it was a quiet day at the club as everyone was getting ready for their upcoming visit of the Daggers and getting ready for their New Year's Eve parties yeah so moving on then to today Monday sorry Tuesday the 1st of January New Year's Day here in the UK Dagenham and Redbridge uh, were the visitors uh, at home 
team lined up with Dean Brewer in gold, Ling, Coulson, Ekpeteta and Widdersson, with McEnough, Gorman, Lee uh, and Brophy across the midfield, and Karoma and Bon up top. Sergeant, Happy, Lawless, Harold and Allaby uh, took their place on the subs bench. Yeah, so that meant that Joby McEnough returned to the starting lineup following his toe injury, and Matt Harold came back to the bench to replace Ross Tutorial. And for me, great to see Joby at back very early I thought he'd be out for a few more weeks yeah maybe rush back based yeah. on the form but nevertheless great team back in the starting lineup. not even on the bench straight starting which means obviously Brophy can go on the right and Karami can go back up top so having a massive impact on the team the rest of the team to be fair probably as expected I like more info on Craig Clay but I think we've got that later uh, on in the podcast so happy with that you yeah no I, I agree with you I think I think it's, it's you know if he's fractured his toe somehow or if he's damaged his toe I mean, barring strapping it up and giving him an injection, I think you probably all it takes is for one player to walk across your foot accidentally or intentionally, and that's you done for the rest of the seat or for at least three months, isn't yeah. it? Twelve weeks for a broken bone. But you know, it's one of those things. It, it, it you know, we took a risk, and obviously, as we see later, it, it paid off. So, yeah. our first game of 2019 kicked off in what looked like a packed-out stadium on a crisp New Year's Day with the club playing a nice touch with a tribute to all fans who had passed away over the past 12 months. So there was a minute's Nicely applause uh, prior to the match and the names of all of those who had passed uh, was read out prior um, to the teams coming out. Nicely done. Very yeah, was nicely beautifully done. done. Yeah. Well, just two minutes on the clock, James Brophy drove into the box. Eventually, McAuley Bond got his shot away, but a Dunfley's defender took one for the team as he blocked on the line. Um, obviously, we haven't seen any of this action back, so we can only go from what we remember. Yeah, he in the was. South now, so we'll do what we can with this one. He was walking like in a lot of pain, grabbing his sort of groin area. So Good. I think I think his um, I think he he definitely took one for the team there. So over the next sort of two or three minutes, though, um, Dagenham were moving the ball around quite nicely. We we sort of commented good to team. each other yeah. that they were. Uh, you know their passing and moving was was good, but obviously didn't threaten anything. So yeah. no no issues there. Um, I also made a note um, because again it was a talking point about Ling and Gorman misplacing quite a few passes, which isn't isn't good. Yeah, they did early doors. Uh, yeah, both of them did. Seventeenth minute, good chance for Dagenham, uh, and the first one of the games, Colin Wilkinson got show good pace to get away from Ekpeteta and Coulson went for the ambitious lob. But Dean Brill saved easily. Very basic save there for Dean. Yeah, absolutely. Two minutes later in the 19th minute, Charlie Lee is down having hurt his hand, lunging for the ball. Looked like Al Lawless uh, was about to come on to replace him, but Charlie was okay to carry on, so um, Alex sat back down. Yeah, 23rd minute, dangerous cross from Dagenham's right-hand side, and Samling just got his head on the ball to take it away from the upcoming Dagenham player. So good defending there from Samling. Yeah, he did very well because the guy was right behind him and he would have taken that and probably scored. 27th minute, Dagenham free kick routine, saw the ball come into the box. Uh, Balanta uh, backheeled it in sweetly, but thankfully for us, he was in an offside position. I think he was, but I'm, I reckon I might be proved wrong. I think someone else might have been offside. Yeah, it was a good finish though. I mean, I can't remember if he was offside or not. I wasn't really looking I out for that. I think he was. I'm pretty sure he was. Very sweet finish. And had they gone one up at that point, we'd be talking about a completely, completely different game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we switched off a bit there as well because it seemed to loiter around these sort of three-yard areas. It bounced for a, a little bit, bit. before yeah. someone took it. So they had a goal disallowed. Just five minutes later, the ball was back in the net. But this time, we took the lead, uh, slightly against the run of play. As Link's first time across from about 20 yards came out to Marmalek Pateta, who headed it back in towards the goal area. And it was latched onto by McCauley Bond, who got his head onto the ball cleverly and managed to get the ball 
just past Justin and it seemed to take an age before it actually went into the net it seemed Proper really slow motion, slow motion. obviously yeah. we sit in the south the goal was in the north so when we sit back it might not have been like how we perceive it to be but it seemed to take an age to go in but eventually found its way into the bottom corner and we had gone one up and it looked like a good header from McCauley Bond but again I'd quite like to see it back before I make any judgments on it but good to see us take the lead and once we take a lead normally buying Dagenham and Redbridge which we spoke about earlier in the podcast we're normally good value for a lead and manage to hang on to it absolutely agree having taken the lead there seems to be a lot of Dagenham cheating going on now chief cheat was Wilkinson Connor Wilkinson who went who, who was going down way too easily under the slightest of challenges he feigned being smashed in the face by um, adversary Joe Widdison uh, there was kicking the ball away preventing us taking free kicks just all this sort of lower league nonsense and the referee hadn't really got a grip of this which was a bit of a shame because it was spoiling it but it was starting to rile a lot of fans and actually it's it's things like that that actually start to get the crowd go us going because we were quite flat today to be yeah fair. we were the ground um, fell a bit flat I don't know if it's too many beers on um, New Year's Eve yeah. or, or whatever but obviously Dagenham obviously a big, big away trip from them they made quite a bit of noise but most of the home fans seem quite subdued. Yeah, it's very subdued. I would say. Yeah. Nothing really else to note for the rest of the half. There's one minute of added time was played and we go in at half-time with a 1-0 lead. We've got a good sweep at half-time from Buchan JP, which is quite a poor half. Daggers have come to stop us. The ref is helping them. Whistle happy and being influenced by their players in his decisions. It was an odd goal, a slow header, which found a bottom corner. I'd have been disappointed to concede it. I think probably a good little round up there. That's quite fair, actually. So the attendance was 6,001 with 647 away. So that's still five and a half, nearly 5,500 Orient home, which is fantastic. Before I forget, we should have said today, very happy 7th or 8th birthday Eighth. to James Houghton, who yes. sits with us in the South Stand and who is mascot this Saturday against Salford. James, I hope you have a great day. And we'll give this podcast to your dad so you can get the message. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Second half kicked off then. No substitutions uh, for Orient. 47th minute. Joe Wilson clatters into a Dagenham player and concedes a free kick, which Dean Brill comfortably catches. And Wilson is booked for his trouble. He almost literally sent that man into outer space. Literally. Clattered him. Bash. And then after that, because I'm receiving quite a few boos uh, from the... uh, Dagenham I'm sure he was very I'm sure he was very upset and bothered by that Uh, Dagenham were peppering shots from outside the Orient box in the 50th minute but none of them made it through to trouble Dean Brill yeah 51st minute Dal Gorman does well sliding wins the ball drives forward but then instead of passing uh, into Karoma's path passed it behind Karoma you can tell a few of the crowd were getting a bit frustrated I think with some of Gorman's passing and a few misplaced passes uh, which has been quite uncharacteristic from Dal Gorman I thought we'd been on a good little spell the last couple of games but it seems that you got a bit of criticism in the Dagenham and Redbridge game we've got a bit uh, in the Dover game and a bit today as well and that's, 50- consi- that's consistent then the last three that's games that's not a one-off that's that's the last three games he's played that is consistently I mean p- passing is a simple basic thing and don't get me wrong in the heat of battle it, everything changes but a lot of it was just so misplaced I can't speak for today because I haven't seen I, haven't I agree the other two games I but agree. he did seem a bit off the pace um, in this game but mm. the 53rd minute we almost saw one of the greatest goals we're ever likely to see at Brisbane Road as an amazing run from Joby McEnough as he held off two Dagenham players basically from the left ran basically <coughs> across the width of the pitch got himself into a shooting position on the right hand side and as soon as he hit it you knew the keeper weren't getting there and it looked from where we were like it was going wide and it so seemed to kind of be bending itself in but his shot hit the post and then went out to safety what a goal that would have been 
Unbelievable, right? Brilliant. Unbelievable. And it literally, two inches to the left a bit, or the right as you look at the goal, that's, that's in the bottom corner, game over. Yeah, looking forward to seeing that one back, but very unlucky from Joby, who yeah. was having another superb game. And again, you can see why he's such an important player. And why he wanted to team. play, possibly, with a slightly damaged foot as well. Thing, yeah. So in the 59th minute then, Orient ramping up the pressures. We were camped around the Dagenham box. Josh Caroma had a shot from a very tight angle that smashed the post and the bar. So it just hit that sort of corner bit of the upright. Really, really close. I think the keeper, had it been on target, I think Justin probably saves it. But again, would like to see it back. Uh, which Possibly. we haven't done at this time in the 66th minute Dal Gorman was replaced by Alex Lawless so we thought Charlie Lee was going to come off at first um, but no it wasn't it was to be Dal Gorman I think for you, you thought that was the right sub yeah I absolutely agree and if I was Alex Lawless I'd seriously be wondering why I'm not ahead of Dal <laughs> Gorman honestly for the last three games I mean if you're picking players based on consistent good form you could, you'd argue that Dal doesn't kind of fit that mould and I've got no problem with Dal Gorman, absolutely no problem with any, and I'm trying to make a specific example of him, but it's coming up yeah, quite yeah. regularly, so okay. it's a talking point. So, you know, I hope he does better. I will always support the player to do well, but, you know, as Justin, if I was him, would I be looking to Alex Lawless? Yeah, possibly. Interesting dilemma uh, for the next game. 68th minute, a decent Dagenham cross into the box, and Dean Bill gets his fingertips to it, and Josh Coulson heads it behind for a corner and I thought we defended really well today I thought Dagenham would actually put us under some decent pressure but, Mark, but all four of the defenders Marvin, Josh uh, Joe and Sam all defended really well at this point I have to agree with you and I think they're quite a physical side as well they can play football they've got players that can get the ball down and play and run at you but also they've got if they need to be physical they can Follow and, and were yeah. um, so absolutely 71 minutes on the clock now then so so close uh, we go again as Joe Widdison crosses Josh Caroma who side-footed it towards goal. It took a deflection from a Dagenham defender and it went onto the crossbar. Luckily for them, it's then cleared to safety. Third time, hit the woodwork yeah. in the second and half. And counting. And you're thinking, we need a second here because we're going to be made to pay for it. But so close not to go in a two-up at that point of the game. 75th minute, Josh Cromer this time dribbled his way into the box and his shot was too weak to trouble Justin. He'd done fantastically again done well in the build-up beat his men easily and again you think this is the easy part just finish it keep your head side foot in couldn't get any power on it he was slightly off balance and maybe slipped on his boot but that would have been another tremendous goal there from Josh that was an outstanding he'll be upset with that he will um, be obviously to have done all the hard work the keeper's committed so the goal's like away from the goal it's open I think he was like you say he was off balance he was sort of running sideways and then had to sort of redirect it it, it, it would have been an absolutely great goal um, for him but it wasn't to be so 77 minutes then Matt Harold replaced James Brophy which meant Josh Caroma moved to the wing as Matt Harold went up top with McCauley Bond yeah just go show you Harold again being used over Allaby so yeah. maybe Allaby has used all his lifelines up as we will see <laughs> uh, 77th minute wouldn't normally mention opposition subs but this has an Orient connection as Jack Munns came off and was replaced by former late Orient Loney Lamar Reynolds at that point everyone looked at each other and was like oh that must be Lamar Reynolds from last year so good luck to Lamar in his it career was. apart from when he plays against us it absolutely was I thought Munns was good for them as well diminutive good range of passing good on the ball very little wasn't it uh, yeah yeah absolutely 86 minutes then Josh Caroma was booked for descent he'd had a go at the ref a few minutes earlier for not giving a foul in his favour yeah fifth booking of the season for Josh but you do not get uh, any suspensions for your fifth booking at this time of the season he has to get another five to get a booking so hopefully Josh won't be getting five more bookings this season and we won't be talking about any more suspensions in the 87th minute as the game was getting into squeaky bum time Wilkinson went past Alex Lawless and Joby McEnough although appeared to foul Joby but referee Rob
very odd. You can tell no, the crowd are getting slightly frustrated with the refereeing decisions at this point in the game with such a short time left. Plenty of unpleasant uh, unpleasantries directed at the referees uh, in, in his direction. 89 minutes and unbelievable as Josh Caroma picked the ball up uh, from a long ball uh, out of defence, held off challenge of daggers, uh, the daggers right back, dodged a couple of Dagenham tackle, got into the area, rounded their keeper... Uh, but he's off balance and with an open goal blazed over. What a goal that would have been. That literally would have been the goal of the season. Yeah. Hands down. Um, does again all the hard work, slightly off balance once he takes the keeper out. I think we've massively done it in under justice in the description yeah. because you need to see it to believe it and I'm sure that'll be up on the club's website tomorrow. But an amazing awesome. run from Josh. So full of confidence, so fast and he's getting powerful as well. So really good to see. And four minutes of added time I played and other than a Dagenham free kick which caused a bit of a scramble, we eventually managed to clear the ball and the referee brings the game to an end. There's rocking all over the world. Blairs out again over the stadium as the O's celebrate another three home points. And something I did notice at full time is Justin Clapp all four stands in the ground that he might do uh, every game but I don't normally see him do it or, or paying enough attention to seeing him do it and I think he was making a point based on what he'd said post over I also think it might have something to do with an email that Dennis who sits behind us passed on to him as well possibly I think he probably just wanted his point to be to be made so that was Justin speaking of Justin our very own bearded legend went to post match today I did managed to catch up and get a couple of minutes with Justin so here's what Justin had to say to our very own bearded legend roving reporter me <laughs> Justin, thanks very much for joining us. Congratulations, a hard fought. Extremely, but nothing that we didn't expect or, or, or understand what was going to be presented to us. But, um, you know, I thought second half, we, 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 in terms of game management, was very good and, and, and see the game out. We, we only, well, I say we only scored one goal, but that's off the back of the fact that we hit the post several times <laughs> and Josh Caroma's effort. Yeah, it was pleasing. Because, you know, the previous two, we'd not really had them kind of chances in the last two. The, the pleasing factor was that we created those chances. We had them opportunities. We had those moments in the game, OK, you know, the, the, the slight tinge of disappointment with the, the, that we didn't get the second goal to make it more comfortable. But, yeah, no, pleased with the amount of chances we created, certainly in the second half. Surprised to see Joby back in the side, having had some damage done to his toe. Any reaction off the back of that today? Because he played the full... He will he'll have a little bit of soreness, but nothing that will stop him. And um, what performance it was, and it just shows what an influence he is on the group, um, on and off the pitch. So, yeah, it was absolutely delighted to get him back out on that pitch today. Absolutely. And Craig Clay, he be... Right yeah, he's close, he's close. I mean, yeah. whether Saturday comes too quickly, but, you know, we're hopeful that he, he, he could he could be involved for that game. And same for Mars, Judd? Yeah, Juddy's fit now. Juddy's around. You know, he's obviously him and George... Uh, Royal Satorio just missed out on the on the on the 16 today, but um, yeah, they're all fit. Everyone's ready to go if if needed, and and that's what we said. Like we've seen that with Alex Lawless today. He's come on. He's done, um, well. he's done excellent. You know, he's had limited amount of football, but that always shows that your team's doing well. But if you look after yourself and you are the professional that Alex is, then you know he goes in seamlessly and has put his put himself forward for the, for the game on Saturday now with that performance. And that sort of attitude from the substitutes, Matt Harold tried his hardest as well to come in and be pushing those guys that are starting. That's the only way forward. Right? The only way we're going to be successful is by being a team, and, and that group in there have certainly got that in abundance. And I must and I must and I must ask you, um, January first, obviously transfer windows open for the rest of the football league. Are we likely to see anybody coming in anytime? Yeah, we're hopeful. Uh, you know, I think we're certainly 
look, I think we've got one pod coming in before Saturday um, and, and maybe another, you know, not, not too far behind. Fantastic. Thank you very right, much. So that was the bearded legend speaking to Justin Edinburgh. Well done, Paul. Very Thank good you. interview there with Justin. Tom. So another three points for the O's. Coupled with Salford's 2-0 win over Wrexham means the O's are top tonight by four points over second place Wrexham. So we have now played 28-116, draw nine, lost three, 57 points and an amazing goal difference of plus 32. Lots to be happy and positive about your views on today's match. Yeah, great way to start 2019. Tough game against an informed side who beat us last week. Delighted, obviously, to get three points and kick on from here. Special mention goes out for me to Josh Coulson and Marvin Ekpeteta, who dealt with the Dagenham. His battle with yeah. um, uh, Wilkinson, um, especially uh, especially for that. Uh, he gave him a real hard time and had the referees back in as well. I don't think Joe got much support from the referee there. Karoma was on fire, unstoppable. The only thing that he didn't get today was a goal. Uh, I think with a bit more luck, um, there'll be more goals to his game. Joby, for me, fantastic today. I'm really in two minds about the risk he's taking by playing while still not having fully recovered. Because I saw him after post-match and he'd hobbled away. Uh, saying he was a bit sore. So, you know, he's obviously desperate to play football. It's in his blood. It's what he does. Um, but, you know, with all due respect, at any age, you know, let alone 37, you need to look You need to look after yourself. I reckon that they won't train tomorrow. Well, they, they won't off. train tomorrow. He'll, Joby will train very lightly Thursday, very lightly Friday. I would have thought. So he's ready Probably. for Saturday. Taking of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, probably a good shout there. Um, we aren't we aren't always going to win pretty, so it's a huge well done to Justin Ross, Danny, uh, and the players for adapting to the opposition while trying to play our own game yeah. as well. Good roundup for me. I thought it was quite a gritty performance. Good, Very good word. One with plenty of character that shows how good this team is can be. I thought Dagenham actually quite good as well. I thought especially in the first half, for yeah. once we got the goal, which was slightly against one of the play. I thought we controlled it really for the most part. The second half was really good. Good atmosphere. Uh, we're unlucky not to score another couple of goals. Had Josh scored either of his two runs, and Joby had he scored, I thought we'd be be a lot more comfortable. But one, it was always nerve wracking, and it was a nervy last two or three minutes when we were sitting there and the yeah. ball was getting piled in. But very good. On to Saturday now, and a chance to really pull away from Salford, uh, which we'll come on to a bit. If we beat Salford on Saturday, there'll be an eight point gap between us and Salford. So what an amazing chance that is to really get some ground between us. And then, so those were our views. So this is the last of your views on a very busy, impact episode full of them. At Joe underscore Pavitt says, get in. Couldn't have, couldn't have Dagenham do us over twice this season. Happy we've gotten the win, especially with Salford beating Wrexham, now putting us four points clear. Hope we can repeat this result on Saturday. Gary Talbot 7 simply says, vital win. We have it in our hands now for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Do it. GForce underscore shifts. It's a great showing and a great result. What a way to see in the new year. Josh was so unlucky near the end. Roll on Salford. Paul underscore LT2P said, great start to the new year with a bit more luck. Could have been four. What a run by JK. Salford next, can't wait. Yeah, there's a lot of tweets to end with Salford next. It's going to be a, you would think, a cracking atmosphere at Willow Gaffer. This is a sluggish start, but unlucky not to score. A couple more in the second half, a big three points. Fort Karima should have squared it to Lawless for a tap-in. 
I didn't notice that, but I imagine Lois has probably been himself. I don't but... remember that either. Yeah, Sunshine LOFC said, Great performance from Leighton Orient today. How it was only one, I've no idea. Widdison had a blinder, and it's great to have Joby back. Massive game on Saturday. Yeah, Elvis Memphis. There's a big difference to the side. He's our captain. If he played at Dagenham Rebbish the other day, I don't think we would have lost. He is the key. Yeah, Gorillas1985 said, I'm beaten in 2019. Clean sheet, four points clear, and top scorer scores again. Don't know why we are all moaning. Orient bringing the fans back to normality. Yeah, I like it. Chris underscore Convy. This is a massive result. Great to have Joby back in the team, although we do really miss Clay. I actually thought we looked more balanced after Lawless came on for Gorman. That's a great point. I absolutely agree. Paul Skinner, 88, said, Joby's effort would have been outstanding if it went in. The ref or the line were appalling. Not knowing who had the last touch and dubious decisions. Yeah, there was a couple of them when the there referee's was. assistant signaled the wrong way, didn't yeah. they? Thankfully, did see the one offside that was important. Yeah. Uh, good performance all round. How Lynn got man of the match, I don't know. Well, that's that's voted for by the, 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 the match sponsor. So it's whoever their favourite player is, basically. You did hear an audible gasp, though, when you got announced, which is quite funny. Yeah, it just went, huh? <laughs> <laughs> on, he finishes off by saying, on to the big yeah, one. Yeah, the big one, indeed, is Sasha. Jay Wolfs is a gritty first half, an exciting second. Lee was my man of the match. Brophy was excellent. I was surprised when he was subbed. Good performances for Marvin, Link, Karoma and Maka too. Yeah, Paul, undersc- Paul Wee underscore UK said, much improved in the second half. 1-0 doesn't really tell the story. Almost a wonder goal from Joby too. And I'll take nervy wins all season if, all season long if it means we finish top. Yeah, us too. Paul at London, Gary W. This is a spirited performance and we could have had a hat full of goals. Joby brings such balanced experience and know-how to the team. He makes a massive difference. Some might say it was only 1-0 or only Dagenham. But that was a big result after recent games. I think that's a fantastic tweet there. Yeah, and you can only beat what's in front of you. We're in the National League. We're playing Dagenham and Redbridge. You've got to beat them to, to get the three points. So, Orient Fan TV said, got the three points I think we deserve today. Clean sheet, top of the league with a four-point gap. Nothing to moan about, really. Another big game coming up Saturday, which should be a cracker. But I think we'll win that. But we need to start the game like we played in the second half today. Yeah, I think we. I think you said at one point we were much. We seem to be more effective in the second half. You know, yeah. we seem to really get into our uh, games into the Bit second more of a half. Second half team, really, yeah, aren't we? At Digger H seven seven three zero four six 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 says I spoke with Joby at the sponsor. <laughs> Makes a great point saying I spoke with Joby at the sponsors day last Friday and he could not wear a shoe due to his fractured toe. Wasn't expected to see him in the team today. What a performance from the skipper. And if Clay's still out, Lawless should start on Saturday ahead of Gorman. That's my blowing that Joby couldn't wear a shoe on Friday and on Tuesday he puts in 90 minutes. That's four days ago that he couldn't put a shoe on <laughs> and he is putting a football boot on. I think I'm slightly in love with Joby McEnough tonight. I think I'm very in love with Joby McEnough actually. <laughs> um, or very annoyed with him that he's possibly put himself in his, his yeah, foot in a bit of danger. Um, where are we? Rayleigh Dave said huge improvement second half and would have only won would have won by more with a little bit of luck. Wooderson and Coulson were immense. Ling was okay, but never a man of the match. Gorman, Brophy and Ling not taking their chances to cement a place. Yeah, very interesting Oosh. tweet there. Good tweet at this, Stu. This is a good, gutsy win. First half, not really at the races for me. Second half, much better. Gorman was poor and Lawless did well when he came on. Joe Wooderson, outstanding for me today, yeah. especially after getting his yellow card. Ref was shocking. Bring on Salford. Great tweet. But we end final word this week goes to at Essex Beers who said buzzing. What a massive win that was. Didn't sound like our best performance by any means but with Salford coming into E10 on Saturday it's just to be underestimated it's just 
to be underestimated how important that win is. Not to be underestimated, sorry, how important that win is. Happy New Year, everyone. Here's to a promotion win in 2019. So, so fantastic tweets came into us over the last two and a half weeks. Those were all tweets into at Orient Outlook. So if you've got a tweet, a view, anything that you want to send, tweet us at Orient Outlook, email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. Get in contact on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast or get in contact on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast. podcast. Various ways to contact us. But yeah, some fantastic tweets. Thanks for sending those all in and apologies if we haven't mentioned one of your tweets. Yep, so prediction league update then. So well done, Les, LK52, Steve Forecast, Daniels9119, at Mark Shepherd underscore 79, Charlie underscore Paul, Strop underscore O, CM Oriental, who correctly predicted 1-0, so you get three points. But extra special well done to Tony Ant- underscore Antonio, uh, EDW, XST10, Paul Skinner88, iHeartRushmore, who correctly predicted 1-0, and bond to score. So you get four points. That means the top of the prediction league currently stands at 26 points. At the top is Mark Shepherd underscore 79. In second place, former leader uh, at Barry Twin on 23 points. Um, third, joint third on 21 points is Pills of Domain and Rob MCC 68. And closely following on 20 points, Ian Manny Rennie John. Angela Dahl. So thanks to everybody who's sent their predictions in. We get about 40, 50, 60 a week. It's great. And thanks oh, for all the engagement. Is it more? About 100. Now. Is it 100 yeah, now? Yeah, it's quite hard to manage. Um, full prediction league table is on our Facebook page. Just search Facebook or in Outlook Podcast, three separate words, uh, and you should find us there. Sorry, yeah, no, you're right. What am I talking about? It's about 100. It's about 100 uh, things, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So keep sending us your predictions and see if you can get one correct and get into our league table so that rounds up the Dagenham Rebridge game I think it's probably would be uh, apt to talk about some transfer activity yeah. very quickly so lots of rumours tonight about who is coming into the club the one that seems to be on most people's lips is Jordan Maguire Drew who currently is a Brighton winger uh, and we believe that he could be signing for the club this very week. soon don't know yeah. if it's an actual loan signing or if it's a permanent deal uh, he's been on loan at Wrexham this season apart from that I don't know anything about him he's just been recalled yesterday he was recalled yesterday by Brighton Um, I don't know why uh, but apparently hopefully to make sure we can get him yeah that's probably it whether he's getting games or whether they see us as a better option I I don't know what the deal is maybe Brighton uh, Wrexham don't want him anymore because they've got their eye on somebody else More I don't know what the deal is there but yes we do understand that Jordan Maguire Drew should be an Orient player in some capacity before the Salford game. So maybe that will mean that he will be at least, if not on the bench, in the starting lineup. Would have thought so. Would have thought so. So keep don't your know. eyes glued to social media accounts for that one. Don't know a lot about him, but Nothing. from what I do know is that he was very good at Dagenham and Redbridge a couple of years ago. And by all accounts, he's actually been very good at um, at uh, at Wrexham. Uh, right winger, uh, cuts inside, can also play up front or on the left wing. So, so seems to be that kind of adaptability that Justin likes. And we obviously we are crying out for someone on the right on and the midfield. Wing. So yeah. other names who have been mentioned, Corey Whiteley keeps being linked. So obviously he's absolutely, he's a forward, very good scoring record. Um, a winger and a forward. Yeah, yeah good he's, scoring he's record. adaptable as well. I think he scored a double today away to Braintree. So we will see if that one comes off and friend of the podcast just before you move on to friend of the podcast apparently Corey Whiteley's behaviour hasn't been great at Ebbsfleet from what I was told today apparently he's been turned up to training a little bit late 
and he's been on the bench, so he might be trying to force his way out there. We do understand that there was interest from Orient, or is interest from Orient. Um, where that stands at the moment, uh, we don't actually know. Um, whether that's in the players' court, whether that's in our court, or, or on Martin's list and Justin's list, we, we don't actually know at the moment, but there was uh, some solid interest from us um, in uh, last month, so uh, that will be a bit of a, a wait-and-see situation I think yeah and lastly friend of the podcast Jay Simpson keeps getting linked we had a few DMs in to the Orient Outlook podcast towers uh, headquarters <laughs> today saying people have heard that Jay Simpson deal is almost the line we as far as we know we, that isn't done but we are hearing from people yeah. others that it could be done so we will see what happens with that I've I love Jay Simpson yeah. I don't know if I mean, Jay Simpson, would you would expect him to come in as a starter? Who you're not going to drop Bon, and it'd be so unfair to drop Karoma to the right hand side of midfield or onto the bench. And I can't see Jay coming to sit on the bench at a national league club from the MLS. I, he'd settle into the squad fine. Like he's really obviously very very friendly with Joby McEnough, so he obviously knows McEnough really well. He's been mm-hmm. training, so he I might know Josh a few of the boys as well. He'll know Sergeant from his time. time. He'll know Charlie from his time at the club. Yeah. However, I can't. I really can't see Jay coming in to sit on the bench or him. I might be wrong. And as I say, if he does start, I think that'd be very harsh on Karoma. And for the wages he'd, he'd command as well. Can't see it, but never say never. And Justin's not going to go to a four-three-three. Never. No. So no to accommodate three strikers. So we, we will see. Uh, I, I have spoken to Jay, and I've mentioned this to a few people who have said to me, "Oh, like what's in the Jay Simpson rumor?" I have spoken to Jay, and, and obviously, yes, Jay is back from the MLS now. He's not looking to go abroad, but he's looking for a league club. Um, I do understand that um, Martin's spoken to to Jay, and I think Jay's reiterated his desire to be in the football league. Um, who that may be, we don't know. Um, it's not. I'm not going to pry Jay for that. Uh, no, information I mean, it's not our business but ultimately if he doesn't get the contract that he wants from a league club might there be a chance that he would take a slightly lower salary to be a part of our squad I mean Jay could probably get more money at Orient than what he could at some League 2 clubs, league two clubs I would yeah. imagine so we'll see we'll see with Jay Simpson but if you hear any rumours or hear of anyone anyone you think you would come don't, to the club let us know. <laughs> DM us at Orient Outlook. don't put it live DM us and give us all your hints so that's ins out so maybe We'll lose a few players. Marvin Epiteta is one who keeps getting rumoured that scouts are coming to watch Marvin. So we will see on that one. Obviously, McCauley Bond, there were offers in the summer. He's obviously having a fantastic season, scoring his 19th goal of the campaign today. So obviously, he had people watching him. Karoma was very heavily linked in the Sunday Mirror to Huddersfield that I can't see coming off. But you can say never say never with football. We've seen players like Tristan Abrahams join Norwich we've seen Azati go to Brighton so yeah. you know Obafemi went to Southampton could it happen I don't think so but you can never rule it out so we've got some good young players who will clearly be watched by scouts so hopefully no one will leave the club and hopefully two or three come in to strengthen I think that's exactly how it's going to be. I don't. We don't need to sell these players and Kent has said it a few times and I don't think he's saying it just uh, for paper talk or, or, or to as a soundbite, I, I actually genuinely think that the Karomas, the Bonds, the Epitetas, if they leave next season, if we don't get promoted and if they leave next season, if they leave us, it won't be until the end of the season. I think they'll see out there this season. Um, I can't see them uh, us letting them go. Let's hope so. They're all on longer contracts. Karoma's only recently signed, Bond's signed, um, Marv's on an 18-month or two-year that I don't think expires until next season. 
I could be wrong. But yeah, I, I can't really see any any player that leaves the club is probably going to be a player that is a bit of a fringe player, like Urella Kobe, for as an example, where he want at his time of his career wants to go and be yeah. playing regular football in a league side, League Two side, or a national league side. I think he lives in Essex, so from his point of view, you know, it'll obviously have to be a, a suitable location for him. But yeah, unless it's going to be someone like him or Harold, for example, who uh, again is in what the last six months of his contract here, would look to put himself in the shop window by going out on loan somewhere. Um, I, I can't see anyone leaving. We'll see what happens. I hope not anyway. I hope no one else will leave. We'll see what happens. Let us know your views on ins and outs at the club. Twitter at Orient Outlook. Email at Orient Outlook at Outlook.com. Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast. On Instagram, Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast. So at an hour 35, let's try and wrap this up because it has been a monster. It has. So Fantasy Football League as it stands. Top of our league is Sam Massingham on 1,222 points. Closely pursued by Tolo Sangawawa in second on 1,214 points. I'm having a shocker now. I'm going down to 42nd on just over 1,097 points. And Paul is hot on my heels on 51st place on 1,089 points out of 195 players. So very tight at that league. Yeah, Dream Team update then. I Rockenback is at the top of the Orient Outlook Dream Team League on 1,243 points. He's only three points ahead of Jay Lillington in second place. Steve's in 13th and I'm in 27th out of 112. I have skyrocketed up both both leagues. And it has to be said that the Dream Team League is up to date, but the fancy football is not taking Slightly into lagging. account today's today's games and obviously not Wednesday's fixtures yeah. either for obvious reasons so, so positives and negatives let's do it so positives in firstly has to be we are top of the league so we are top of the league so yeah. you know it's been a very busy Christmas period and even if we lose on Saturday which I hope we don't we will still be top but great to see that another positive or the second one two clean sheets over the Christmas period so Dean Brill some fantastic work there from him so well played to Dino and the last positive, we've already got our first win of the calendar year 2019. So a great start to 2019. And hopefully this is the year where we are talking about a promotion. Yeah, absolutely. We want to do a promo podcast. So negatives this week. Just the loss to Boxing Day really um, is, is obviously a key football in one uh, in terms of matches. Injuries to James Dayton and Craig Clay uh, that are keeping them out of the or have kept them out of the side. I saw James hobbling away on on, on crutches uh, after the match, and obviously the injury to JB, which doesn't seem to have kept him out of the game. But we'll see what happens if he's fit for Saturday. Yeah, so only two negatives, and we could have had a lot more positives to be fair. So hero of the last three weeks. So we got together beforehand. We yeah. did have two shortlisters. So we had Josh Kramer and Dean Brill. We both all deserve kind of, it. Yeah, Big could Marv. have won it. And Marv Coulson. Uh, well, Joe. Joby, especially after today, have taken it. But we decided to give this one to a very hard-working man who kind of got a bit passionate towards his Dover post-match interview and today clapped all four corners of the ground. So well done to our hero of the last three weeks who is... Justin Edinburgh. Well done, Justin. And he spoke and took time to speak to the bearded legend. <laughs> Even more of a reason to give it to Justin. So well done to Justin. And just before we started recording, we were very... Um, happy to receive a message from Leighton Orient Chairman Nigel Travis who was supposed to be at the game today but for reasons that he'll come on to he couldn't make it today but he's got a New Year message and a bit of an exclusive to share with you now so here's Leighton Orient Chairman Nigel Travis Hi everyone it's Nigel wishing you all a very happy New Year I hope 2019 brings everything that you want and also what we want at Leighton Orient 
Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't there for today's 1-0 win against Dagenham, as I somehow got food poisoning, so I had to sit at my London flat watching uh, the game uh, as it was streamed privately, and I'll come back to that in a moment. I did go to Dover, also went to Dagenham, and thank you for turning out in such great numbers there. Good to see so many fans. And I would also like to thank all the fans who made my family so welcome today. Uh, Joanna, Ian and Brooke were there and uh, really enjoyed it. Actually, Ian and Brooke had two teachers um, who teach at their school back in the States. So we're really broadening our range. Um, in terms of where we are, we're four points ahead. I know Wrexham have got a game in hand, but uh, you can only do what you can do. I thought at Dagenham we did enough to win that game, so that was unfortunate. And at um, Dover, I think a nil-nil draw was a fair result. Uh, today I thought at times we played really well. Overall it was a little bit of a scrappy game again, but we did hit the woodwork, was it, three times? So um, an exciting to game, game to watch on my iPad. Um, I'll be back over in a few weeks, but... What I wanted to share with you is that this Saturday we're going to be doing our first league game uh, that's streamed internationally. The league are doing this as a test with us and Salford. Um, so it's going to be an interesting uh, situation because it's such a critical game. Obviously, we're all helping, hoping for uh, four points, uh, three points. I'd love to have four points, but three points. And uh, so everyone's focused on that game right now. So with that... Enjoy 2019. I'm going to go back and have yet another sleep to try and get through this food poisoning. And I'll see you all soon. Thanks. So we obviously wish Nigel better and a massive thank you there to Nigel for uh, yeah. sending a message over when he's got food poisoning he can't be feeling in the best health. And if he could sort out four points for a win in the National oh, League. We'd have that all day well long. Well played, Nigel. And again, obviously, talking about a live international stream from the Salford game. game. I'm sure yeah. the club will put out an announcement and details of how you can watch that very soon yeah absolutely so as we wrap this bumper monster uh, episode up next week's fixtures so the festive period of madness is almost over it's only one match for the O's before our next podcast as it's Salford who visit Brisbane Road on the 5th of January Salford are currently third in the National League after a 2-0 win at home to Wrexham today currently five points behind us they benched Rooney today apparently we got a tweet and saying Rooney was on their bench maybe they're resting him uh, for Saturday's Possibly. game or maybe he's just dropped to the bench Possibly. Gaffney scored though that was yeah. a name that I'd seen on a social media platform Rory Gaffney but there's no no link there's no there's, there's, isn't, there's no talk of there's Rory no Gaffney no chance of that one no chance um, ok Brisbane Road sure to be rocking for this one so make lots of noise sing and stand up for the Orient and if you do see us in the South End come over say hello have a chat give us an oi oi whatever it is um, we'd love to speak to you yeah when you see the little mascot walk the team out that's our little mate oh, James Houghton so give him yes. an extra cheer on what is sure to be a very special day for that young man so that's it thanks for joining us for episode 165 one hour and 41 as we speak it's been a busy two and a half weeks on the pitch for the O's and mostly good times we've seen two home wins over Chesterfield in Dagenham and Redbridge we've seen a goal a straw away at Dover and a late defeat to the Daggers as well as we've seen the O's now top in the National League by four points as we prepare to face Salford on Saturday, the team who many think will be our closest rivals come the end of the season. So we'll be back 
with episode 166 on Sunday. It's not long to wait for your next dose of the Orient Outlook. And we have a surprise special guest who will be making his debut at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers. And we are very excited about this one. And we will have in that one all the information and views that you could ever need. So if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Give the podcast a review. Come on, there's only 43 reviews on iTunes. We get a lot more listeners on iTunes than that on a weekly basis. So if you're listening on iTunes now, take your headphones out, press pause, go and review us, give us five stars and a nice comment. It'd be lovely to hear. We'll give it 10 seconds the podcast. And then do that. That's fine. <laughs> also, if you listen on SoundCloud or Stitcher, add us to your favourites, and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as they get uploaded. Yeah, absolutely. If you've got an older relative or a loved one who you think would like the podcast, uh, grab their phone or just help them somehow listen to it. Uh, and likewise, we'd like to invite you to um, pass on the podcast, really. Mention it to people that you uh, that you know support Orient or, or, or have a fondness for us or would like to be kept up to date without actually being able to go to games, whatever it may be, uh, pass that on uh, to them. So that's our challenge uh, to you. We'd be very grateful for, for all the help that you can give us. Uh, mugs, we've got 50, just just 15 left. Uh, we'd like to uh, to pass these on to good homes. Uh, maybe you got bought a load of tea for Christmas or just some, some good, I don't know, port or something whatever fluids that you uh, that you take in we've got 15 mugs left they're just a fiver now three quid for postage or we can hand them to you uh, with no postage or delivery costs at any home game so you can uh, drop us an email or in outlook at outlook.com uh, or dm us on twitter at or in outlook uh, with your order so that is it that is genuinely it an hour 43 ish uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you to everybody who has been in touch with us. Sorry we've not been able to read as many tweets out as we'd like, uh, but thank you very much to everybody. Please keep calm, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.